Hello and welcome to episode three of Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by an awesome athlete. She's from the Northeast. She's also coached by David Lowe's. She's a young and strong long distance runner, and she's only getting better. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Lucy Aaron Hunter. Hello. Lucy, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. You keeping yourself well in lockdown? Yes, very well, um, as well as we can be. Absolutely, yeah. Do you miss it? Do you miss being outside? Miss being able to train with your group and stuff, or is it? Yeah, definitely. I miss the group a lot, and yeah. that's probably the main thing I do miss. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting out once a day for my training, so I'm still like maintaining my fitness levels, which is good. Fantastic. So let's just—I guess let's just go straight into it. So, Lucy, you're a really good runner. Uh, like I said before we got on actually that I was just looking at your performances on the power of 10 and you're really consistently putting out good performances and it just makes me wonder how you got to this place um, so yeah what I'd like to do is if you don't mind I just want to talk to you about your journey so far and going forwards if that's cool with you sure so um so yeah let's just start simply what what really got you into running and like how long have you been doing it for um well my dad has always ran um so i guess he sort of inspired me because i saw him like going out on runs and just from quite a young age and then it was only when i got into year six that i actually started running a few competitions but they were just like school little school ones um i'm from like a small village called Hankton, so we were always in like the small schools competitions um and then yeah I ran my first cross country in year six and I came 10th I remember I didn't have like running trainers on or anything like that like I was just turned up and I was running and typical sprint off and then sort of crawl across the line but I really enjoyed that race and then that's when my dad sort of said well why don't you join the local club mm -hmm. um so I joined Downton Harriers um when I started year seven so that was in 2011 and yeah I've just like ran ever since um and never looked back really I love it. Do you have like a specific moment when you realized you were good or is it just you just continue getting better? Yeah well when I was young I didn't really train a lot like not really um compared to other people like I'd train two to three times a week but I was never sort of doing like lots of mileage I was never looking at my mileage like it wasn't about that like, because I was young I was well like 11 12 13 14 15 um, and it was in I can't remember what year it was I think it was 2014 I was 13 years old and I ran one of the BMCs it was actually my first BMC that I ever ran and yeah. um, and that season so I was 13 years old and I was stuck on 220 for ages um, and then that race I don't know what it was but I felt really good and I ran 216 and at the time it put me in the top 10 in the UK rankings and that's sort of when I realised like oh I've actually got some like natural speed because yeah. I knew myself I wasn't training a lot um, I just loved running and I loved going down the club and that's sort of when I thought, oh, maybe, like, maybe I could be all right. That's so sick. 2.16 at 
sorry, did you say you were 13? That's nuts. That's so quick. Yeah, I, I was really like, I wasn't expecting it or anything like that. Amazing. Wow. And so what would you say your favourite event is now? So now it's funny because if you asked me when I was 13, 14 um, to run further than an 800 metre, I would think you were asking me to run a marathon. Like yeah. I just did not even consider running a 1500. Yeah. Um, I just thought that distance was so far. And then when I moved to David in 2016, obviously that's when I started to actually like started doing some runs in between sessions and that is when I started to do 1500s and I quickly lent way more towards the 1500 event like I love that event now on track that is definitely my favorite event um but I've also more recently started doing like some road races as well like I did my first 10k in December and I've like never like trained for road or anything. I just sort of, me and David spoke and we were like, oh, let's try a 10K. Mm. And yeah, I really surprised myself with that. So I'm thinking I'm going to start running my road races as well. So good. And what was your time when you ran your first 10K? Do you remember? Yeah, so it was 36 minutes, 16 seconds. Jeez. <laughs> so I was really pleased because in my head, that was like my goal time, like around 36 minutes, but I didn't think I would get anywhere near that on my first one. Wow, that's really impressive. And I think it's interesting also, if I could ask, that obviously you didn't just wake up and then turn up to the race. You had to like get into your routine and stuff. So if you don't mind, let's focus on this race specifically. What was like your, your day's preparation before it? Like what time did you wake up? What sort of food you eat and warm-up stuff and all of that stuff? Um, so the day before a race, I always, the night before I have like pasta, I just like carb load. So I always have like spag ball or a chilli or something um, before. And then with this particular race, it was quite early on. I think the set-off time was 10am. Right. So I got up at... Um, 7 a.m. I think I like to get up early when I'm racing early like often if I do a park run at 9 a.m. like I'll get up early to eat my breakfast um, and for breakfast I always have porridge like that's my go-to on a race day I don't actually like eating porridge on a normal day because it just it's like a race day thing yeah, yeah. Um, so I always have porridge um, specifically the golden syrup one I should add <laughs> Um, and then I'll always have like a banana as well. So on that day, I'd have a portion of porridge and a banana. And that's about three hours before my race. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone's different with like food digestion. But I like to have at least three hours if I'm eating something like quite hefty. Um, and then that race was in Newcastle. So we drove up to Newcastle and... I'd never like ran on that course or anything. So I always like to have a little look at the course. Like, obviously I don't walk the full course because it was 10K, but it was like a few laps that one. I think it was two laps. So I like, walked a bit of the course. And then about an hour before the gun goes off, I that's when I go and do a run. So I do like an easy 10 minute run and um, just to really get warmed up, followed by drills and 
I have numerous toilet stops in between my drills because for some reason I always need the toilet loads before I'm about to race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like to have an hour because I know then I'm leaving time for like however many toilet times I need to go to the toilet and yeah. drills and then I'll do like some stretching and some strides and then and then I'm ready really. So good. And so looking back on your career so far and I know like you're still really young so you've got a long career career ahead but looking back so far what's been your favorite race to participate in and why? So I absolutely love the English schools track and field championships. Yeah. I think they are like the best events you can participate in because well firstly I feel like it's a sense of pride and like achievement even getting there because they have like set times that you need to meet to qualify for them so already like the caliber of athletes that are at them events are just like another standard um and then the years i did them they were majority at birmingham and i just love that stadium like it's so much bigger well it seems so much bigger than like anything we've really got up north mm -hmm. and yeah just the whole atmosphere because the stadium's always full with athletes like all the counties um like parents and stuff i just think you meet so many people i just think that them events in particular i've absolutely loved and i i think my final two years i ran or final three years i ran at them championships i made the final um three consecutive years in a row and like that was a really big thing for me um because prior to them three years i'd I would never make the final I'd sort of get like knocked out after heat or I'd get through to the semis mm. and I'd get knocked out at the semis so that was really really good. You feel like you learned much from that experience of getting knocked out in the heats and the semis to get into the finals? Yeah definitely and it's just the standard of competition and the way it's run it just seems so much more serious that like obviously you've got the call-up room um, where you have to make sure like you're warmed up and this is like well before the actual race because then you, you're waiting in the call-up room for about 20 15 to 20 minutes before you then go out and it's just it's a really good learning curve i think for, for young athletes yeah, yeah. the call-up room must be really nerve-wracking as well yeah it, it is it is david used to do um this really nice thing actually um he did it specifically for the English schools track and field championships he um, gave us a letter to read in the call-up room um so obviously like it'd be like enclosed like I wouldn't have opened it I wouldn't have read what he'd wrote on it and then I'd be in the calling room and it sort of distracted you from everything else because I just sort of sat and was like concentrating on one thing yeah. and obviously like what he said as well the words in the letter were always like really motivational and just it, it sort of made you realise, like, right, this is a big thing, like, you need to smash it now. Yeah. And so when you were doing the English schools, was it the 1500 you were competing in? So my earlier years, I did the 800 metres because I was just naturally, like, more of an 800 metre runner, I had more speed. And then the final three years where I made the finals um, was 1500 metres, yeah. So good. And did you have a specific favorite out of all of those like or or did you just enjoy them all equally um no i wouldn't say i had a favorite i think it was just every year like 
I had more and more experience from the championship. So I'd say every year I would learn something new about myself. And I feel like championship racing is so different to other kinds of racing because there's like tactics involved as well. It's not just sort of like a paced race where you're like, right, I'm going to smash a time. Like people go like for the medals, I guess, and like the titles. Um, so every year I just learned something new like about how to deal with that racing environment that's really good and so on the flip side of that what's like the worst race that you've been in so um a few years ago now um yeah. when i was still like i'd class myself as more of an 800 meter athlete mm. i ran it was like quite a smaller race it's like an nyydl league yeah. And um, I ran an 800 metres and I was so hyped for that race. Like I've never been so hyped in my life for a race. Sometimes to like really get myself in the mood, which I didn't mention before when you said about preparation. Sometimes I listen to like motivational videos, mm -hmm. um, like when I'm doing my warm up. I don't know why, but it just really gets me focused. Yeah. Um, and yeah like the adrenaline was so pumping and I shot off like a bat out of hell and like David was actually there at that race and I he had his like stopwatch and he told me when I finished that I ran a 200 meter pb a 300 meter pb a 400 meter pb a 600 meter pb because I'd set off so fast and basically the last 200 meters I absolutely burnt up like I basically walked across the line and it was just such a massive learning curve because I'd never experienced lactic like it in my life I think it only took me about two minutes and I was spewing oh. like all over it and that was another thing I learned not to be sick around David because he loves to get it on camera <laughs> um, but yeah that was a that was a massive learning curve for me just yeah. to like pace yourself mm -hmm. that's that's mental man flip it's funny how like now that you're at this level and obviously there's still ways to go till you get to where you probably like where your goals are but now that you're at this level it took you like failing or like learning so much and losing to to learn how to actually run your races so that you can get better and i just think it's it's so important to like to have those moments where where it hurts and where you lose so that you can actually know know how to win in the future could you speak to that for a, a little bit as well yeah definitely like i think even though i have been running now for what like seven eight years like i still learn every year there's races which i learn things from and i, I do think it's sort of one of those where you you'll never stop learning how to do things because like I don't know in cross-country races you learn how to run different and race different depending on different courses like not one course is the same yeah. and track obviously like depending on what sort of race it is whether it be a championship race or like a BMC paced race mm -hmm. there's different like tactics involved in there and like how you should choose to run mm -hmm. and I do think you learn a lot through training, but until you're put in a situation where 
you've like not done something as well and you've like lost a race or you've not performed as well as you should have I think although yes they're frustrating at the time they are necessary for you to learn and like progress in the future because hopefully fingers crossed you won't make the same mistake twice Mm -hmm. although obviously sometimes you do yeah and so do you kind of embrace those losses now or are you or do you try and avoid them at all costs i i think when i was younger like i'd get really worked up about them and really upset about it like because obviously i cared and i do still care but i just think i have a more mature approach to them now now that i am older i've sort of accepted the fact that losses are like necessary to learn yeah so good um you mentioned like you learn you obviously learn a lot through your races but you mentioned that you learn through your training and so i'd like to touch on that for a little bit your training um you're at this level now where you're running 1500s at a rapid pace um what's your time again was it around 430 or something yeah 430.7 jeez could not even imagine running that fast for that far but you obviously didn't wake up one day and just run your 1500 at 430.7 so could you just describe what it's like uh, what it's been like training to get here to this to this level yeah sure so when i started i think like i've mentioned before like obviously like i didn't really train a lot um yeah. and that was sort of the case up until 2016 um i trained um two to three times a week and yeah. obviously i was like 11 12 13 14 15 at this age and um, didn't do any mileage um just pure like interval sort of sessions and then i moved to david in 2016 and that's when my training changed um obviously like you're a bit older then like my body had like changed a bit like i matured a bit and i wanted to sort of take it to the next level so that's when i started to I was still training two to three times a week, like hard interval sessions, but I was starting to integrate longer runs in between them and like recovery runs and just starting to like build up mileage, um, which I actually really struggled with at the start because it's really funny, but I wasn't used to being out of breath, the feeling of being out of breath. And I used to sort of say to David in training, like, oh, I need to stop now. Like I'm out of breath. And I'd be like, gasping and he was like no lucy like that's what running does to you like that's normal and it it took me a while to get my head around that just because it was just a different sort of like like i was obviously improving my aerobic system through doing longer runs and i was just pushing myself um to like in ways that i hadn't before so now i train like i still train three sessions a week um and then i also have three runs a week um sunday being my longest run that's my long run and that varies anything between 50 minutes to 75 minutes Mm. um but on monday and wednesday they do tend to be easier recovery runs although sometimes on mondays when i'm in a more intense training block i do do like sort of tempos on a monday which i think they are so important they're probably my least favorite thing to do a tempo just because i struggle to run 
hard and fast for a long prolonged period of time on my own Mm -hmm. or on the same breath I think that's how you can tell if you fit or not like whether you can do that because I think that really and also really builds like your mental like the mental side of things like being able to run hard and fast by yourself like without stopping true true and so what's your like obviously your mileage is going to change from throughout winter training to summer training but um what if you're looking at it so we just come through the winter through winter season right what was your mileage like throughout the week then and then had training continued as normal um with your group and stuff what would it look like now do you think towards the summer um so in winter like i definitely do more mileage um I'd say, to be fair though, I'm quite consistent, like I know when I'm running well and I don't do like mad miles, like I'll do around like 35 to 40 miles a week. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of in like more the summer months, um, like now, like for instance, like last week's mileage was like just under 35 miles, I think um but in winter like I definitely do do more miles I don't know like what the maximum amount of mileage I've ever done I'm I'm not really like over analytical of like the amount of mileage like I don't like consciously look and be like oh wow I've done this many miles a week um it was just like out of like interest as looked last week um but I've actually been like injured recently so I have obviously been doing less miles because of the injury and now I'm building it back up again so the reason I looked last week was because I had done the same mileage that I'd done back in January when I was fully fit and that's when I sort of knew right I'm like getting somewhere now because I'm doing the mileage I was doing when I was fully fit and in that sense I do think mileage is like a really good indicator and I think the, probably the most amount of miles I've ever done is when we went to Portugal last year and we went warm weather training because just like the nature of the trip we did train a little bit harder than what we would in a normal training week mm. and we were also like doing a lot of pool work as well which you wouldn't obviously add on to your mileage but that week was I think maybe 50 miles yeah. but that was like not a, like normality yeah yeah and I think as well like you you don't do those crazy long longer runs um long races at in this point of your career you're more of a 1500 runner as you're saying so obviously you're not going to get those crazy miles so it's just interesting to see how your training compares to somebody like like Joe Armstrong or even like David when he was growing when he was running in his career um just because you do a different event yeah definitely like I do think my mileage will increase and obviously it's got the scope to increase so much Mm. um but like for now I'm doing like what is like like you say necessary for my event um like I mentioned I did do a 10k um earlier in December and obviously like with increased mileage I would expect to run like a faster time um, but it's just going to be a gradual process, I think, because like you don't want to do too much too soon, and obviously like risk injury and things. Yeah, no, you're right. And so, since going into lockdown here in the UK, what has how's your training changed? So, 
it has changed slightly because normally I am in Leeds because I moved to Leeds in 2018 because I started my law apprenticeship and mm -hmm. um, so like I actually work four days a week now which obviously makes things a little bit more difficult like fitting my training in around that as well um but in Leeds I would normally train like on Tuesdays and Thursdays for instance whereas like here with David I train on Mondays and Wednesdays so even like the small things like the days that I train are different but yeah. I'm following like quite a structured plan now which David has given me so on a Monday I'll do either a tempo with like it getting progressively faster each 10 minutes yeah. or I'll do an interval session so for instance yesterday I did a four minute three three minutes four two minutes five one minutes and five forty five seconds so that was quite a hefty session yeah. um, and obviously doing that by yourself as well it, it was quite difficult yeah. but it was really good obviously it does make things a little bit more difficult now with lockdown because obviously there's like the government suggestion like well not suggestions like you have to keep two meters away from yeah. everyone yeah. and i was doing it in a field where like there was a few dog walkers and things mm -hmm. um so you, it is slightly different in the sense that like, I think on my one minutes I wanted to like proper smash them and I had like two dogs chasing after me on two of them so th there was like little things like that where obviously like you wouldn't really have them issues if you were training like not where I normally train at Maiden Castle but apart from little things like that and like obviously the fact I'm not training in the group mm. it's not really that much different um obviously like i'm training alone but yeah. I, I do quite like that at the moment because well because i am like coming back from injury as well i think it does make it like slightly less pressured because i can sort of go at my own pace yeah um, th there's nothing really sort of making me think oh like i should be with her like if i'm normally do you know what i mean like there's just less pressure on yeah. it i do think when i'm fully fit and i am getting there i will start to miss like training in that group yeah more. so what was the what was the injury that you had um that you mentioned earlier so um it was a issue with my right hip flexor it was basically like a muscle imbalance um, so like my left hand side of my body was like so much stronger than my right hand side and then when I was running um my hip flexor was just like constantly aching yeah. um so I say it's an injury like it it was like more a niggle like I've been quite lucky with it I have had worse injuries in the past um but I've just really been like focusing on that weakness like I'm using this time to like really like try and strengthen my right hand side yeah. so I've been doing exercises and things and touch wood it has actually been fine the past two weeks i've not felt anything really good really encouraging and so do you mind touching on the the little challenge that team loads run is doing on saturdays um because obviously i saw your top of the table um which yeah. is really exciting so just tell us about that tell us what you uh what the session is like for you or the, the competition is like for you 
so it's like really exciting because obviously like we can't see each other we aren't training with each other we don't get to like interact and be like oh how did you do at the race this weekend so it really does bring that competitive element into training so every saturday um we sort of like hold like an internal competition with our training group so last saturday was the five minute challenge which was the one i topped the table on um so basically the aim is to just like you're sort of racing against yourself on the day like yeah. you're like i i was trying to beat my time which to be fair i sort of knew it would be a bit worrying if i didn't beat my last time because i'd literally just came back from injury when i did the first five minutes mm. so on the first five minutes i'd covered like 0.9 of a mile and then on saturday i covered 0.96 of a mile so obviously i'd run like a fair bit further in the five minute yeah. and basically each athlete gets given a handicap depending on how far they've ran mm. so obviously i had quite a big handicap because previously i'd run 0.9 mile and um, so that sort of helped me top the table i think on saturday and yeah. um, but now because i did run further yeah. my handicap is now smaller so it makes it more challenging for me to top the table the next time we do the five minute one um but yeah so we do five minutes ten minutes and then this saturday it's a two minute one and then you have like a ten minute like recovery sort of run and then a one minute one so they're basically they're meant to equate to the one minutes 400 meters two minute 800 meters five minute 1500 and 10 minute 3000 yeah that's really good just love i love that you guys aren't losing the competitive group spirit um whilst you guys yeah. that's really good good one that david put there that david yeah did. no it's definitely really good and to be fair like david's done so well with it like we've got the table in place and he's like updating it every saturday and sending yeah. it in on our like sort of closed Facebook group chat. Um it is it's really exciting. I think it just gives us all something to look forward to on a weekend. That's really good. Really good for you guys. And so let's talk about um let's talk about the future for for Lucy. Um obviously we're not sure what this season's gonna look like. So um like whether you're going to have a couple races or whether the whole season is going to be shut off. But if it's not shut off, did you have any goals for this season on the track in particular? Yeah, so my like short term goals for this season were like purely just to like try and run PBs. Um, like especially in the 1500 because obviously that's my favourite event and like so that's the event I'll be most buzzing about if I like run a PB. As for specific times, like when we set targets at the start of the season, like David always says, he likes to just give us like a second below what we've previously ran because that way, if I've not like achieved the target we'd set, it won't like make athletes feel like sort of demoralised. So. Yeah. My like initial target for 1500 would be 429 um, and then obviously then once I ran that it would be re-revised and yeah. um, similarly in like the 3000 meters 
obviously like now I am running slightly further distances I would like to run a few more of them I think last season or the season before I only like ran one because at the start of the season because I just was concentrating more on the 800 meters and 1500 meters I do definitely think I will move more towards 1500 meters 3000 meters or even if we've we discussed potentially doing a 5,000 metres on the track. Awesome. Um, obviously, I don't have a time set for the 5,000 metres. I got a 5K PB, which I ran in a park run, which was 1740, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but obviously on the track, I'd hope to like run quicker. So, yeah, just short-term goal would be just try and run a PB in all the distances. And so overall, do you have long-term goals for your running career in general? Um, so I don't tend to like look mega long-term because I used to when I was younger and I used to get really frustrated when I'd get like injured or ill. And then like I knew like the goals I'd set long-term weren't then necessarily realistic or achievable because of that so now I really do tend to focus more short term but if I was to set one sort of long-term goal it would probably be for my 10k and I think I definitely like have it in me to break 36 minutes and I would like to run more towards like like low 35 minutes to even break in 35 minutes um we we were really like looking forward to and hoping that i would be able to run the abbey dash this year in october because that's meant to be an amazing 10k course Mm -hmm. but as far as i'm aware i think that's been called off yeah a few of my mates ran the abbey dash earlier well in october or something i forgot when it was actually um last year anyway and they all came back all with massive PBs, but then it turned out the course was just short. I know. <laughs> I know. I that was that was really unfortunate because so many people had yeah. run amazing, exactly. like amazing times. I think that was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I think obviously if it was to go ahead this year, it there is. wouldn't be that problem. Yeah. But yeah, it just no one really knows. It's all up in the air. So if not this year, then it's something to work towards next. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And so if you were to summarize what you've learned about yourself uh, personally through running, through your whole running career, what would you say that like is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? I guess. I'd say the importance of having a strong mental attitude. I think sometimes it can be like, undermine like how much the mental side of things like really can impact like your performance like if you aren't going into a race confident and in your head thinking like you know what I can do this then it's like not a great start like you need to have that like strong mentality about you um I think when something that's always stuck in my head um when I ran at the English schools track and field championships, I was warming up for the final um, with my dad next to me and he quoted lyrics 
from a song by Billy Ocean, which was when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I don't know why, but that has stuck in my head like so long that, that I always think of to that now. And it's like little things like that, which I think really do play a big part, a big part in like your performance. Mm -hmm. So, so good. When the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I love it. Yeah. That's so good. Amazing. And so I guess we're coming towards the end of the whole, um, of this whole like conversation, this whole podcast. But before we end it, I love doing a quick fire round. So I've just got a few questions prepared just to throw at you. And I want you to give me quick answers. And if you want to go deeper into any of them, then we can do that as well. You ready for it? Yeah, cool. Fantastic. So question one, what is a race that you've always wanted to run? Oh, so I think when I'm like a fair bit older, I really want to do the London Marathon just because I raced um, the mini London Marathon. So like the British World Championships when I was younger and I love that course and that race. Like the atmosphere is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Nice. Um, what country or what location have you always wanted to run in? Oh, so I think it'd be really cool to run in like one of the big cities like New York. Um, I, I don't know why, I just think that would be so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome, actually. Um, all right. Cross country road or track? Definitely track, closely followed by road. Yeah, not cross country. Asshole. I mean, to be fair, cross country has really grown on me over the years. Like, I actually don't mind it now, but it still wouldn't top yeah. track or road. I remember actually, you won't know this, but the first time I ever saw you in real life here yeah, was at Beadle in um, the, the cross country course in Leeds, I think it was. What was it? The North oh, really? Northerns. Yeah, I was. So I'm part of the team at Start Fitness and I was out there helping sell stuff and then i saw david and then he came over to talk to me and he was like oh that's lucy and i was like, oh amazing that's great <laughs> didn't know that we'd be talking <laughs> oh that's so nice yeah was that this year yeah uh, yeah yeah earlier this year exactly oh cool yeah yeah i i i do love the like bigger cross-country events like they are like they are really fun and the atmosphere is really good i just i just really don't like the mud if it's a dry like fast cross-country course then like i'm all for that but like at b-dale at that race the first like the, the little lap was so dry and so nice like i love that and then i got into the backfield and it was so muddy and so boggy and i just really struggled running when it's like them sort of conditions yeah that's rough <laughs> but track then road and then somewhere down the line you've got cross country yeah nice okay here's one who's your biggest rival so this is probably gonna find, sound a bit like cliche and cringy but like i honestly would say myself because i just feel like you can't compare yourself to others like I always want to like better myself and like beat my last best race or like beat my last time. And yeah. um, I think if you like concentrate too much on other people, then 
I just always think like control what you can control and like obviously you can only control like what you do. Good. So good. Never thought of it like that. <laughs> well done. Because I would have loved to hear like, oh, this person, but that's actually a really good answer. So respect. Big respect. No. <laughs> All right. Um, like completely not related. What's your favourite book? So recently I read a book called Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? And it basically like tells the process of um, Ben Hunt Davies journey to like Olympic gold in the men's rowing air at Sydney 2000. And basically like it goes through the process and it like sort of analyzes like the psychology behind it. So it's like a tale which includes like obviously his talent, their like supreme focus preparation and also like the hard work they put into like getting there. And it's just like a really inspiring book I would recommend. Yeah. anyone who hasn't read it to read it will it make the boat go faster all right i'm finishing up my my current book right now so that'll be the next one on the list thank you lucy <laughs> it's um, all right great so then my next question is what's your favorite documentary um so this is gonna make me sound really boring but i actually really don't watch that much tv like i don't really watch documentaries yeah. like I just don't really have the time. I don't know what it is, but like in my day, I feel like I fit so much in. I just like if I'm if I ever do have time on a night, like I'll sit and read a bit of a book or I'll like go on my phone and like FaceTime a friend. Like I just genuinely I just I'm not interested in watching TV, but I challenge anyone to change that. I mean, if anyone has any good documentaries, send them my way. But yeah, I just don't really I just don't really sit down and watch TV. That's absolutely fair. It makes sense. Like, if you know how to wind down without TV, then you know what you're doing. That's fine. Okay. That being said, though, I do want to ask, what is the favorite, your favorite race that you have seen, whether that's Olympics or World Champs or whatever it is? Um, I'd definitely say, like, Kelly Holmes in, like, the Athens 800 meter final in 2004. I just think that's absolutely phenomenal. Like, when you actually see, like, her 200 meter split times broken down and how like consistent they were because like in that race it looked like she went from last to first but actually she didn't get quicker than like the other athletes they just all slowed down so much like she kept consistent throughout I just think that was like such an amazing race to watch so dope and so who's your favorite athlete well, following on from that, I'd have to say Kelly Holmes. I just think, like, what she, like, achieved was absolutely amazing. So good. Yeah. She's actually, she's, like, such a legend. And I feel like at least our generation overlooks her because we, we look at athletes like Mo Farah, who's obviously amazing. We look at other great athletes that we have right now in Great Britain, but we don't look too much at Dame Kelly Holmes. Kelly Holmes but she's, like, there's a reason that yeah. you know what I mean so yeah no I think she's always stood out for me yeah definitely okay and then to wrap this quick fire round up do you have any hidden talents um I'm not sure about hidden talents but I've got like a fun fact before I like solely concentrated on running I actually did ballet for 12 years so I got up to like my grade eight in ballet. Yeah, I just started like going on point and things. That's 
so nice but you traded in the ballet shoes for the for the cross-country spikes for the track spikes yes i did fair dues no that's a good decision that you made because it looks like it's it looks like you're loving your running career and it's just going to get better which is amazing um but yeah just before we end have you got any advice that you just want to give to anybody that's just getting into running or just wants to be good at it um i'd say you've got to dream big but like start small because at the end of the day it's all the little things that you do day in day out consistently which are going to make all the difference in the end yeah so so good well thank you so so much for sharing there lucy um thank you for having me no problem your the wisdom that you've just shared and the experiences that you've just shared i'm sure are going to help a lot of people um and it's definitely going to help people push on and just continue training hard so that when the season does eventually come back around they're ready to go so thank you once again thank you no worries all right guys so that's been episode three of the Arda run club podcast um i hope you enjoyed it Hope you learned something, got inspired, and find your fire. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye-bye now. Bye.